Hello and welcome to the FT's podcast on our latest global MBA ranking. As INSEAD maintains its number one position in the table, the Work and Careers team have analysed the data from the ranking and will discuss whether this traditional route to management is still worth it and if so, where should it be done? I'm Naomi Rovnik, Deputy Work and Careers Editor and joining me for today's discussion is Laurent Ortmans, the FT's business education statistician, Jonathan Mauls, business education correspondent, and Andrew Hill, our very well-known management columnist. So first to Laurent, we rank MBAs based partly on the salary that their graduates earn afterwards. Is there a big disparity between some schools and others? Good question. Yes, there is. There is indeed a large disparity. Salary at school level can range from a maximum of $195,000 for the alumni of Stanford Graduate School of Business down to a low $91,000 for INCA in Costa Rica. Wow. And how much does it cost to do the Stanford MBA? Well, the Stanford MBA can cost... In total, counting everything, which is the tuition fees, the opportunity costs, which is the cost of uh, studying full-time, will cost in excess of $300,000. Wow. So it takes a year and a half, perhaps, to earn your money back at Stanford. But if you don't get into a top-ranked school, should you bother? I mean, yes, you, you do. I mean, you should definitely consider other MBA if you're not taken up, you know, if you don't enroll in Harvard or Stanford. Uh, most graduates re- report very high level of satisfaction. Most made their ambition when they, you know, when they joined the MBA, and all the comments we received tend to be very positive. Um, I mean, they not only learn a hard skill about management, but I mean the key things these days is they learn soft skill, which is all about uh, body language, for example, or diplomacy. They learn about negotiation or personal branding, and. There's another aspect in MBAs. Many use an MBA to change career. So what we call, you know, one aspect of MBA is a triple jump. So they will go from one one sector of industry to another. So they can go from IT to finance or finance to healthcare. They can change country. And an MBA is a very cultural experience. Uh, most MBA try to recruit students from a wide range of background, different origin, different industry. So they get exposed to new ideas and they also get to travel and study abroad, which is all part of the package and the experience. So, Jonathan, turning to you now, why are graduate salaries from some schools, such as Stanford, so much higher? Is there a set of high-paying employees that will only look at certain schools? It's a mixture of factors, but schools like Stanford, Stanford is in in the Valley. It's a very well-known brand of a school, so they tend to get the better candidates and therefore, the, the employers know that. And if you're in the, in the Valley, there are lots of high-paying tech firms out there. And what about the banks? Do they try to recruit as widely as possible when they're going for MBAs? Or do they perhaps just look at the top schools because they've got a limited number of recruiters to send out, perhaps? It's a mixture of the, the, the rankings of the schools, but also location. And it becomes self-fulfilling then. If you're London Business School, you're... you're near to the the city of London and and the big banks there. Um, And people will come to LBS for that reason, to get those sort of jobs. How do people tend to raise the money to go to these elite schools? The the best candidates can often get the school to pay for the qualification themselves. Schools are raising lots of money for scholarships, um, arguably more than than the other sort of costs of... uh, the school and and they want to use those scholarships to attract the brightest people so that they can 
get up rankings like our own. Is it that people from elite backgrounds who have family support might be more likely to do an MBA and get the good jobs anyway? There's certainly that that sort of factor. And increasingly, companies that used to pay for their high-flying staff to go to business school and do an MBA... They've been cutting back. Yeah. So bank of mum and dad. Um, is there any gender disparity between how female and male salaries rise after attending top 10 schools? Yes, I think that's true in life in, in general. So we um, have a gender pay gap. And is the gender balance different as we move further down the rankings? Well, actually, the highest ranking school in terms of gender balance is um, the University of Edinburgh's business school. Um, and they're actually right down the list at 91 but if you look at the top, there there are a number of schools that maybe get a, a good gender balance as well. And what about the gap in pay by gender? Does that depend on which school you go to? Not really. I think it's about the same. There's a small gap before they join the MBA, and that gap tend to increase three years after. That's worrying. And so for Andrew, um, what do CEOs see as the value of the MBA? Companies are less likely to pay for it now than they used to be. Yes, well, as Jonathan said, that is an, an issue. And I think one of the reasons is that companies that I talk to are the types of multinationals that are putting together their own executive development programs. And I think they've realised for some time now that they can pick and choose the best business school professors to come and teach their students. General Electric has long had uh, an executive development program based at Crotonville in New York, which was actually put together with the help of Harvard professors and others. And they have, in a lot of cases, chosen, I think, to go out and construct their own program. I was struck by one multinational that whose uh, personnel director told me recently uh, that she had asked for a review of all the strategy programs at business schools to see which one would be the one that they should be uh, following and they none of them really overlapped or they didn't overlap or they they were so different that she reckoned actually that they could put together their own program tailored much more to that multinational's priorities. So those soft skills, etc., that you learn at MBA, you can probably take that in-house. And that may, as a CEO who's keen to keep their top people, reduce your risk of losing great people because, as Laurent said earlier, once people go to the MBA, they have the triple jump, salary, industry and geography. That's right. I think, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, MBA would an MBA would still be an advantage on the curriculum of, a, of an executive or potential uh, high-flying manager for a company that was recruiting. But at the same time, uh, you know, companies, banks and investment banks and consultancies and others who have traditionally shopped from the list of uh, newly graduating MBAs are trying to widen the pool of potential candidates that they have and looking beyond MBAs. And I was struck from what Laurent was saying that a lot of the things that are mentioned as the advantages of doing MBAs, networking, seeing different uh, ways of looking at things, uh, working in a different country or studying in a different country. These are things that ought to be available through other routes other than business Absolutely, schools. absolutely. And something that perhaps um, levels the playing field in terms of social diversity yes, as I well. So. Now back to Laurent, uh, why is INSEAD top for two years running? What's so great? What does this school have that others don't? Well, the school is very well-rounded. I mean, we have 20 different criteria, and this seems to do fairly well in all criterias. For example, they have one of the highest salary three years after graduation. They got $167,000. And they also rank number five for research, 
Mm, okay, and um, who's at number two? Well, Stanford is number two this year. They jump three places and uh, they're back into second place. And who's moved significantly up the rankings and why? Well, Judge Business School did very well this In year. Cambridge. In Cambridge, absolutely. They moved up five places and now they're in the top five for the very first time. So they've won the boat race when it comes to them and Oxford. Exactly. Yeah. And um, who is down? Harvard, interestingly, is down. They only lost two places. They're down to four, but it's the first time since uh, 2008 that uh, they're outside the top three. And another school that went down is London Business School. They only dropped three places down to six, but it's the first time since 2003 that they're outside the top five. Wow, that's it from us. But we'll be back later in the year with more from the FT's business education rankings. Thank you to Laurent, to Jonathan Mools and Andrew Hill. And thank you very much to our producer and editor, Yanina Conboy. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.